this is the first in what is going to be maybe th a three or four part, depending on how ambitious we get, uh, like addendum extension of our uh, cemetery reviews. Um, and uh, so we're going to have a different, kind of a different topic for some different discussions. Uh, say everything in 10 pictures. Yeah, yeah. There's, because, uh, like, Elizabeth wanted to talk about, like, uh, kind of grave desecration and, like, uh, not as like a positive, right? Just because uh, it's, it's something that we've encountered um, going to these places. So, and it's, and I was like, well, it's going to be kind of long for an Instagram post. And so, yeah, we thought maybe doing like a like, ooh, do we want to be super bougie and be like a limited podcast series? <laughs> BBC presents going to go a masterpiece theater production. Go smack myself in the face for that. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, I I wanted to discuss this article that I first read um, I think last fall in an art history class I took, um, and it. Because it, it kind of talks more about the, like, a little bit of, like, a philosophical take on the need for cemeteries. And um, that was contemporarily written with when uh, the first modern cemeteries were opening. And then it, it goes into that history, like, a little bit. Um, and I thought it would be more interesting if it was kind of, like, a discussion or like I would raise points or something that the or article puts forth and like talk to Elizabeth about it because uh, it's more interesting than me just being like, and then he said this and then he said that. Um, so anyway, the it's article is. Mouth shut. Huh? I said it's also because she knows I can't keep my mouth shut, so it'll just evolve into a conversation anyway, so. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so anyway, this article is uh, titled The Deep Time of the Dead, and it's by Thomas W. I don't know if it's liqueur or lacquer um, or something else, uh, so forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, and this article, I believe, was written when he was working on the research for a book that he uh, later released that's kind of about all of this, about, like, death customs and uh, kind of sociology um, surrounding uh, death. Um, <clears throat> the name of the book, should we put that in the show notes? Yeah, we can do that, because I did not write it down. Um, but this article was published in, uh, I think, the Social Research. It just says Social Research at the bottom. Um, in fall 2011. So, uh, so it starts out by kind of talking about... Um, how the living need the dead more than the dead need the living. Um, 
and about how we had a, we as a species like have a very long history of caring for the dead because of uh, ethical obligations and uh, so talking about how uh, corpses are abject like they are things that that nobody kind of it's simultaneously they're abject so nobody wants to deal with them because they are inherently repulsive but then also they are very recognizable as people and especially when they are people that meant something to an individual um it doesn't matter it like no longer matters that they're abject um so this is uh talking about uh there's a quote from uh julia christova who's a philosopher, um, saying, corpses show me what I permanently thrust aside in order to live. Uh, and so they're corpses are people, and we need to take care of them so they can be eased into the next life. Um, and then the kind of bulk of the article really is a discussion of a William Godwin essay. Uh, that's the essay on sepulchers that he wrote in 1809. And uh, so putting that in context, in 1804 is when the Cimetière du Père Lachaise first opened. And I'm probably butchering that because I do not speak French. Um, outside of Paris, uh, which was the first like modern cemetery. And so William Godwin uh, is a secular, like, kind of thinker, philosopher, enlightening guy who's Mary Shelley's uh, father. Right. Yeah. And so this is, he, this was written 12 years, I think, after his wife died. And so it's him still kind of talking about that and dealing with his wife's death um so his his argument is just for that that we need cemeteries um because we need these monuments to commemorate the dead uh quote to resist the inevitable erosion of memory by time and uh the author of the article adds that modern research shows that after roughly three generations, the interest in the dead wanes because people have lost a connection to the people who, like, they, they, don't, they don't know the people who are dead, and also they don't know anybody who knows the people who are dead, which I think is partially for me why I like visiting old cemeteries is kind of maybe visiting like being around the kind of more the memories of people who maybe don't have many people visit them right like, it's um it, it it is a way it, well it's also a way of um remembering civic history i mean we might you might lose 
records of births and deaths in a fire, like a church fire or something like that, but you still might be able to read it on a headstone. You might be able to track down family trees by headstones. It's it's something that like it is it is a memory, it is a constant reminder of death, but it's also a constant reminder reminder of lives that were lived and like the history that was lived. Yeah. You might run across somebody that you didn't know like their first name. It's like, oh, we knew that, you know, great uncle whoever many times removed was married but we don't know what his wife's name was and then uh yeah so that's what i really enjoy about um adam seltzer's uh, mysterious chicago um his page and the tours that he gives uh a lot of them are just historical tours of chicago but uh, he does this thing on Fridays, uh, especially during the quarantine. He's been doing this. It's called Find a Grave Friday. And he will pick a grave. And he doesn't know the exact what he like. He, he'll give you the name of the person. And the person go to can go to like findagrave.com because this is an actual. It is something that people have been doing. It's uh, where you can type in the person's name and they will show you um, whereabouts in the cemetery that person is. Um, if you can also give the cemetery and, uh, then like he will, uh, they will direct him to it and kind of play hot and cold until he's been able to find the person. And like, of course, sometimes they don't have headstones. Sometimes, you know, uh, there might only be like a small marker and he'll like have to approximate, um, which has also really been cool when, when it's like, oh, a new marker has been put up because, or finally a marker has been put up for this person. And, but then it's not just, okay, well, we're done. He will then tell you the story of this person. He will tell you the story of this person's life and um, how it affected Chicago's history and, like, kind of what they did for the city or what they did for uh, the country at the time or even the world at the time. Um, and it kind of bring, it brings the past to life, and it, it, it makes it um, relevant for people. It makes these people that are long dead relevant. It, it kind of reminds me of don't kill me. Uh, it's, it's either they shall not grow old or we shall not grow old. It's the um, movie that Peter Jackson did where he basically spent I, what I believe are years like painstakingly like colorizing world war one footage and like showing and like, like restoring world war one footage and like just all and like oh gosh and just um just colorizing like old photos just brings it it brings these people out of like the dusty pages of history and it it's like oh i know that person mm-hmm. you no know, oh that's you know that looks like the kid the kid down the street it 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 it's hard to other people when you see them in, in the flesh in, in color and they're not just some old black and white. Um, so I think that anything that makes history come alive, anything that adds an interesting story um, is really valuable. And I think that's what a lot of older cemeteries did. It wasn't just a place where people went to rest. It was 
a place to remember them. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's something we've talked about too, about kind of the reasons that we like older cemeteries and cemeteries that are styled um, on more traditional cemeteries. Um, Because there's something about going to cemeteries, modern cemeteries. There's one over on Thompson Lane. Uh, Mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, It's all just, it's all those flat stones, like in the ground, flat stones with a base. It has a very beautiful gothic chapel, and then the rest of it just looks like a lawn. Yeah, and there's something about that that feels more like it goes more with the with the the initial thing that this article is talking about about corpses being abject about people just not it's something that you don't want to deal with because it is what I don't want to be like I do not want to be dead so I do not want to deal with corpses um and well there's no art there's I mean like you know there there can be like some beautiful headstones but like you don't look out and see like a beautiful sculpture or a beautiful chapel or you know a mausoleum to go and explore all you see is death (laughs) yeah it's just so kind of stark it's I find um personally like yeah like personally I find uh military cemeteries very striking but really creepy like in a way that just other cemeteries just aren't like um we haven't gone there yet but I've been to the Spring Hill Cemetery um once before and it's across the street from the military cemetery uh the national cemetery and just like looking over there it's just so i find it very upsetting um because because cemeteries like the nashville city cemetery and cemeteries like spring hill they were designed as parks they were designed as places where living people could go mm-hmm. and be the dead but still be with them and enjoy the beauty of life around them whereas modern cemeteries and military cemeteries are only there to bury the dead they're not they're not designed as like recreational parks for people to stroll through they are not like it is only about loss, yeah, and that's really hard to take. Like, and it, it's like, and yes, we're both very aesthetic as like goths, but you know, the aesthetic is important to us. We like a good gothic landscape, but it's also just there's so much like you know, in a in a in a park in like a landscape park, there's so much you know life there's so much vegetation like versus these places where it's just headstone after headstone after headstone um or plaque after plaque after plaque it's just it's just all you see is loss and it's it's so minimalistic but that's all there is yeah and that's so 
um, I feel like that ties kind of back into where, like, where we, you know, got into conversation from um, this article is that the kind of the end of uh, the discussion of uh, Godwin's essay is talking about um, he uh, is making the argument that uh, you should be able to build small monuments uh, with a name on the monument so you know you can you can find you know because like part of the part of the whole horror about losing somebody or what Godwin says is the living I think it's Godwin it might be Latour I didn't write that down it's just a quote saying uh, that the living suffer because they cannot be sure that the dead are anywhere Mm -hmm. Um, and so being able so Godwin's arguing that being able to go find the person because like it's when somebody dies everything every possession of theirs becomes kind of like a relic of a, a remembrance and it almost becomes holy and this uh Lacour talks about the fact that Godwin was about as close to being an atheist as you were allowed to be <laughs> um, at the time um in the early 1800s uh and that so it's just like him talking about it's like the, the kind of holiness of these objects that belong to he he talks about his friend and just talking about his wife but trying to make it more accessible to anybody reading the essay um so anyway these possessions become like holy relics of the person and the you're trying to get close to the person as you remember them like as they were when they were living and the closest you can get is their dead body and so that's obviously something that you can't hold on to. So um, making the argument that cemeteries are good because then you know where they are. Like you have also cemetery. It's also, you can have an idealized version of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, not like idealized. Like, I mean, I don't, I, I think I'm more of a speaker of the dead kind of person than a don't speak ill of the dead kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know having having have lost having have lost a parent and like I I don't want the thing that I think of to be like you know what he looked like at in his last moments because he was sick Mm -hmm. you know and so like it's it's strange because I think that's why people find dead bodies creepy I mean like it is a reminder it is a reminder of our own mortality and obviously that freaks people out, but also there's an uncanny Valley element to it. Yeah. Like when you see a dead body, it was the thing that is once lived. It's, it's, it's something that, you know, is human, but there's no life there. There's no intelligence there, but yet like it's. Yeah. I don't think that our minds can really, our minds can't wrap themselves around that concept. And so having a graveside, having something where you can remember that person as alive and whole and, you know, not in pain. um, That's more therapeutic as far as like 
being able to deal with grief and grieving than like having nothing and only having you know yeah if that made any sense yeah no, <laughs> no it did yeah and that's um so that's kind of the the kind of come up into this uh this discussion of Godwin is talking about uh, that he is what he's proposing is creating a community of the holy dead without believing in holiness. It's a way of communing with each and every one of them without subscribing to any traditional religious views of how and whether this might be possible. So that's I guess that's the other thing is that since burial has been a universal human thing, some sort of burial or just death customs, um, that it, it kind of, it's a, it's one of the most common shared experiences, like, Mm -hmm. across humanity, uh, and across time. So, and it, 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 and it's, it's an interesting thing, because even as, as somebody who kind of identified themselves, I identified myself as an atheist for a while, um, mostly because I just didn't want to talk to people about, (laughs) um, (laughs) get into the minutia of stuff. So I'd be like, oh, I'm an atheist, but I'm like not a dick about it. And that was kind of, then that could be the end of conversations. Um, But, and I was really agnostic at that point. Um, no, I, I know we, we don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be converted. Um, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but there is something like, even if I feel like even if you are, even if you are an atheist, like, I think, I mean, my dad's an atheist. Um, Apparently, as he told me, like, very casually a few Christmases ago, um, like I knew. Um, and it's just drop shit like that on you. Yeah. Like, supposed to have known, like, when my mom was like, I want to, like, this is very on topic, but, like, the last time my mom was in the hospital, she's like, oh, by the way, if things go south, like, I want my body donated to science. And she's like, you knew that, right? And I was just like, no, but uh, good thing we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> good to know now. Good to know, like, oh, that's something we could get we could get into, but next time. Um, <laughs> no, but also, but it also, because um, think about it, like that is something that is actually really beautiful about like uh, a military cemetery is that uh, it's not about it's not about faith. It's not about, you will not be denied burial because you're not X. Mm-hmm. Unlike with, you know, if you were in the villa, if you were in the quote unquote village and you weren't of that religious affiliation or you did something to piss someone off um, or you didn't live life the way that they thought you should, like you would get buried in the pauper's field. You know, you would not get your, your, your body would not get the respect that other bodies got in like a very kind of like in a very like classes kind of way, or also, you know, 
um, I don't know what the proper term is. Um, when suicide happens, I know that like it's not committing suicide anymore. That's not what people say, but I can't remember. Um, sorry to any sensitive listeners, but like I know that like a lot of times, you know, if a person, you know, died that way, um, you know, they wouldn't be given a Christian burial. They wouldn't, they would go in, you know, they would have to go somewhere else. And so like a a modern cemetery, a city, like a city, like a cemetery that is, you know, non-denominational and run by a municipality, like that doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's an excellent place to segue into talking about um, the last part of this article is kind of just about the vague, it's a very like limited uh, history of modern cemeteries. And yeah, that's one of the, one of the things that um, Accord discusses is like, basically there's still a class distinction because you had to be able to afford a plot um, in private cemeteries, but they, so, uh, but as long as you could afford it, you could be buried there. Um, and uh, he talks about uh, cemeteries as a cosmopolitan space. And uh, in England, uh, at the Westgate Hill Cemetery, which opened in 1828, um, they advertised offering internment with or without religious service. Like, Aww. yeah, so, which at the time, <laughs> there were several people that were not happy um, with, <laughs> with that kind of, an, you know, explanation. But it was, you know, it was something that, that, uh, that could be done, even in the kind of, early to mid uh, 19th century. And so, but yeah, they were, um, and like they were, they were designed by architects. And that's one of the reasons that, uh, that we read this article for our class, you know, since it was an art history class, it was about, it was a class about bodies in uh, all different contexts. And so we read it, bunch of articles about we read a really interesting article about post-mortem photography um and so this was kind of this was kind of the art history angle is uh is talking about did I ever show you that mortician's textbook that I had for when I was working on the embalming movie oh yeah you did I think Ooh. anyway uh go on <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so, oh no, what was I saying? Uh, you were talking about this, uh, the article that you were reading, oh, yeah. Design by Architects, and that's why you're reading it. Right, so it was talking about, like, the, the point that it gets at is kind of talking about these spaces as curated spaces that were designed by architects, and they were, like you were talking about earlier, um, this is before, especially, like, in, you know, in the U.S., um, before the National Park Service was a thing. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so there were, you know, they were designed, they were kind of dual purpose spaces of being mm -hmm. parks 
And, like, that's one of the things that's just absolutely lovely about the National City Cemetery is it's obviously kind of a park. And had a very lovely lady while we were there. Uh, she was walking her daughter's Australian Shepherd. Yeah, and which is they, there's trying to train, but the dog. <laughs> we were we were so magnetic that the dog just had to come over and say hi. Um, so but true. yeah, it's it's uh, like we saw joggers there. We saw people just hanging out. I mean, they were obviously being respectful. We'll talk about that later. Being respectful about the headstones and the monuments. But yeah, it's just it's it's a beautiful place to walk. It's yeah. a beautiful place to experience. It's very peaceful. And they have there's a uh, large board that has the kind of rules of the cemetery and they're very similar to park rules it's just there also are a couple of guidelines about you know don't like please don't do headstone rubbings and like things like that where it's just it just is incorporating the fact that this is a cemetery that also is a public space and so like yeah you can take your dog there like it's it's in the rules like you can have your your dog on a leash and take him for a walk in the cemetery um but the same thing applies to parks you gotta pick up their poop yeah uh (laughs) no pooping in the cemetery in the historic cemetery Um, talk about grave desecration yeah right (laughs) yikes um here's a there's a quote that i liked from uh Balzac uh talking about the uh Père Lachaise cemetery in France saying while seeking out the dead I see nothing but the living uh he used to apparently he would go for a walk in the cemetery whenever he was feeling depressed and oh. it would just be people enjoying the cemetery um and it always cheered him up apparently uh but and then so yeah going back to the the cosmopolitan space and like that whole idea um i went to and it's it's actually you can see you can see this to a lesser scale uh in some of the older cemeteries that we've visited here like not all of it and the city cemetery but uh is i think it was sleepy hollow the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery, actually the one in Sleepy Hollow, because there's also the one in Concord, Massachusetts, just to be confusing. Um, but in the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery, it's humongous, and there are just all of these just amazing, really cool monuments. But then once you drive like up in there, there are these gigantic mausoleums. There was one that uh, belongs to one of the, the Rockefellers, and it's just just huge um and yeah like there are all these like there's this ridge where there are these just like giant mausoleums and but it was like okay so there's still some like class separation um based based on uh monetary wealth but they're still buried in the same cemetery like can i tell you what my favorite uh de-separation or tearing down the barrier, the class barrier. Yeah. Um, going to this is uh, the city of the city of Salem, Salem, uh, Salem, Massachusetts, not Danvers, which is where 
witchy stuff actually took place. Um, but that's but that cemetery is where like that's still like the city cemetery, and that's where a lot of the accusers were buried. Um, and the amazing thing, which I talked to you about, um, when they when they opened the monument to the victims of the Salem witch trials, Ellie Weisel gave the uh, gave the dedication of it, which was. Um, I was told by our tour guide was very beautiful, but also there's a courtyard around, uh, around like a lot of, uh, around like a lot of like the blocks of the cemetery. And what they did, uh, was they tore down, um, this rock wall. Um, and it was so the accusers would have to face their accused for all eternity. Damn. Yeah. Nice. Which I thought was very beautiful and very poignant. Um, also, the man. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry, sir. Um, I've forgotten his name. He was the one of the few men who was executed, and he was pressed to death. They they made like because all of the all of the people were represented by like stone benches, and then it had their names inscribed. And his is like much bigger than everyone else's because they wanted to represent what happened to him, um, which was a cool design thing, but also very goth. Um, but I like I really liked the design of that. It's just like ah, um, but yeah, it was a uh, it was really beautiful and really poignant, and it's something that made you. It it's something that made you feel something, you know, yeah. hundreds of years later for these people. And I think that that's kind of the point of cemeteries. Um, it's not a place to forget our dead. It's a place to remember them. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, let's see. I only have a couple more notes here. Okay. Um, oh, one of the, <laughs> one of the uh, last few things that, the article talks about is um, different instances of cemeteries uh, getting remains of famous people and having them buried in their new cemeteries in order to make them kind of trendy and like right. making them more like tourist attraction -y. yeah like uh, bringing people in both to visit and then also to be buried there so, like, hey, don't you want to be buried in the same cemetery as, you know, whatever, you know, 17th century French philosopher? So, I mean, it was largely, it was largely people who, like, were buried kind of in, like, churchyards that were, had gone into disrepair or, like, you know, I think. Or the churchyards were just, like, full up. Yeah, like, or... I can't remember. There's a, somewhere in here that's talking about a specific, uh, specific historical figure who had been like buried in a pauper's grave, and they've like found where they were and like dug them up and brought them to the new like fancy cemetery and like had a whole thing and made them some beautiful headstone and reburied them, had a ceremony and reburied them. Uh. So I thought that was kind of interesting. 
Mm. It's like you you can be buried in the same cemetery as Oscar Wilde or Jim Morrison or Yeah. Wait, aren't they all buried in uh They're all the same cemetery, yeah. Yeah, I think they're all buried in I think that's like into a main nameless definitely climbed over the glass partition and kissed Oscar Wilde's grave. Um yeah. <laughs> though, which is why the partition exists is to keep people from doing why that. Exists, but that would not stop this person. Um talk about death customs. Um yeah, so that's kind of the last thing I have on here. We've already kind of talked about and it's a quote from Liqueur, uh, but, and I think this isn't, I like this, this line, but he's making a different point than what the line makes me think about, um, which is, uh, modernity made death unbearable and dangerous, and I think the point he's making is a little bit different, um, but I think this is when he's talking about kind of um, the, like, with modernity talking about, like, the development of, like, the furthering of medical science and uh, kind of our understanding of death. Mm -hmm. But also, and I think that ties into what we were talking about before, about, like, one of the reasons modern, very, very modern cemeteries um, are kind of, are depressing, are more depressing, uh, because, I mean, death didn't, wasn't as much of a part of life after the advancement of a lot of medical <laughs> science, and so... In, in Victoriana, you had, like, I mean, Queen Victoria was in mourning for, like, 40 years. It became almost like a, not, like, in the bad way, but it almost became, like, a death cult because you had you had an entire country that was kind of, like, focused on death. You have this very popular and long-reigning monarch who, you know, is everything was kind of about death. I mean, and and not just, you know lifespans and how hard things were for most people but yeah with with modernity with you know most of your kids making it to adulthood it made it a lot less common to deal with yeah and so the you know it was the the custom of like going and having a picnic in a cemetery was still seen as like a little strange um in in the US uh for example um but it still happened because people were still dealing with uh the fact that they had multiple family members who were no longer with them and so they would go spend time with them in the cemetery and other like like in in other cultures there are traditions of actually spending time with the departed and it's kind of it's something that like never had as much of a culture um a 
that in the U.S., but it especially shifted away from that, where I remember going, you know, going to cemeteries with some some friends where we'd be like, oh, we should take snacks and, like, hang out. And you'd be like, well, isn't that disrespectful? And it's like, well, no. Like, we're going to a really old cemetery. Um, you know, we're, go we're, we're going to go hang out with people who've been dead since before 1900. So, like, it's not, like, it's not exactly gauche it's not like they're freshly dead or anything but also kind of why why is that I, i'm interested in uh how like how it's kind of the idea of it being some sort of a taboo it almost seems like you're i feel like in modern cemeteries because they aren't because they're not parks there is more of like a feeling of like disturbing the dead yeah. Versus, you know, older cemeteries where, because they were meant to be municipal spaces and dual use spaces, like there's n there wasn't that feeling, but modern cemeteries are just designed to be cemeteries. So it does feel a little bit more, yeah, a little bit more gauche, I guess, to, to just because... And and I and I and I hope that people like don't, you know, because I'm 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 not saying that everyone should have giant mausoleums, like because I I don't want to talk about like class divides, and you know I'm not saying that everyone has to have giant hulking, uh, but just even like the the landscapes that we have and the fact that like oh my gosh, in modern cemeteries like there are no trees. Yeah, like, and it's not just that they aren't old, so there aren't big trees. It's not, it's not that they aren't old. It's not that they don't have, like, headstones that pop up, you know, and, like, you know, interesting from afar. But, yeah, it's, they're all, they're all lawns. Yeah. And you feel like in America, like, you don't walk on someone's lawn <laughs> if you don't know them. Because a lawn isn't a park. Um yeah. And you, you feel rude and I and I I hope that we can change that because it's also just it's not a great use of space. Like and like I don't think that people should, you know, I absolutely understand people wanting to, you know, preserve things and you know, we definitely need to talk about grave desecration and why people shouldn't do that stuff and um but I definitely think that we should start designing cemeteries as parks again, and we should start, you know, planting, uh, planting and, and using cemeteries as green spaces again. Yeah. That's cause it's kind of, I went to, so today um, I went down to the cemetery in Nolansville um, with my mom and it's interesting because there's, like, it's set back from the... Huh? I was giving your mom a shout out. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, my mom's great. It can be like, hey, you want to go to the cemetery? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, do you want to stop at Starbucks first? And she's like, yeah. And then we go. <laughs> um, but uh, so it's set back from, there's, like, all this green space in between, like, 
the main kind of road that goes through Nolansville. Um, there's a gate that doesn't open uh, <laughs> for the cemetery, and then there's all this green space for uh, the cemetery can it can expand. And then there's this space of the flat headstones that are on the gr ground with the base. And then and there's a little drive. There's a little like U-shaped drive. And then there's a space that, and that space doesn't have any trees. And then there's another space that also doesn't have any trees for most of it uh, that is heads like more contemporary headstones. And then there's another, there's the other part of the U-shaped drive. And then there's the, the original, like, from around when that cemetery was established in 1899, there's a section on the other side of the U uh, of the old headstones. And there are these big trees. Um, and that part of the cemetery is really shaded. And it's just a really interesting, like, from, like, just kind of the three types of, you know, three variations of cemeteries um, just within that one city cemetery. So uh, like the history and like the development and the progression. Yeah. Uh, and just, and it is just the fact that in those first two sections, it's not like, there just aren't big trees because they're newer and there are saplings that will one day be the big trees. There just are no trees. Mm. Um, like it's, at all. And do, do you think that, I mean, I'm going to talk out of my ass for a little bit um, because I don't know the answer and I think we should look it up, but I'm wondering if it's because like it means that they can get more lots in. Maybe. Yeah. That could very much, and and to be fair, also to some degree, trees can cause damage to headstones. That um, is true, but it also makes the headstones look way cooler. It's true. Like that's something when I was walking around there today, I was thinking, I was like, okay, buried. Wait, what? Oh, I was just saying. I was saying we found some headstones that are that are buried in trees. And uh, we found some of those in the Franklin Cemetery and in the Nashville City Cemetery that have just, like, the trees are swallowing up the headstones. Yeah. Like, and that's, so, oh, what I was saying was, when I was walking around uh, in the Nolansville Cemetery today, I was just kind of like, man, my, like, I don't want my, you know, whatever monument uh, is either there in, in memoriam of me or on my grave depending on how that shakes out um i'm gonna need that to be pre-distressed i don't want it to ever look brand new shiny like granite um and then i was just like oh man i wonder like am i gonna have to do that myself before i die like yeah Absolutely. Can you, uh, why don't you paint like faux moss? Because then it won't get damaged, but it'll look like it's mossy. Ooh. Or like, can you, can you paint? I think I've seen a thing for doing like green graffiti, um, where you basically make your own like moss culture. And so you can paint it on and moss will grow. Um, oh, 
you like spell out the details in moss. Ooh, that would be fancy. I was thinking that I could like pre-moss it, like, but then, okay. but then that's determining where the moss goes, so you can avoid getting it into like the, you know, if you have like engraved, like some like quote or something engraved on there, you can do the moss like around that, so it's not. Maybe there's like a green way to uh, deter moss growth on some parts. Yeah, yeah, and like foster it. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, that's something I think that we should do for one of these uh, do kind of like alternative um, alternative burials or alternative means of uh, body disposal yeah. Uh, yeah. interment um, just because I've like Phoebe knows that I want to become a tree when I die. I want my corpse to be folded into a pod and I want a tree to grow through it, hopefully through my bones and like fingers crossed, my skull pops up to scare children in the root someday um, long from now. But, uh, but I mean, there are also, cause when I was talking about my mom wanting to donate her body to science, um then they would also they would pay for if they if they accept your body um then they uh pay for either burial or cremation and uh so my mom I like I told her like cuz we're on the subject I told her what I wanted to do when I died and then she said like she asked if you know if I would keep her ashes with me and if she could be sprinkled on my tree and I was just like, yeah, sure. But then I was, I was like, but there are also a lot of other things you can do with people's ashes. I was like, I was like, I could make pencils out of you. And I could draw with, like, because they do that where they compress people's ashes into pencils. That's and so you can good. draw, you can draw with your loved one and you can make pieces of art out of your loved one. Uh you can also, of course, you can make jewelry out of them. You can have people's ashes pressed into vinyl and, like, have them turned into their favorite song. Uh, but, yeah, but also, like, there are places here close to Nashville that do natural burials. So, like, no concrete, no embalming, no, um, and they have, like, a special permit um, and also, I believe, like, where it is is also a nature preserve. Um, and I need to look up the name of that because I know it is, but you know that I'm terrible with names, mm -hmm. so I can't think of it. That's pretty baller. So, but I think that we should do something on, like, um, not like not even, like, alternatives to, but just things that people might not be aware of or, like, cool ideas for the future, especially since... As Lex Luthor once said, you know, there's one thing that we're not making anymore, and that's land. Um, so <laughs> maybe we should talk about the um, the ideas for the future of cemeteries and, like, what's going to happen. Because, I mean, they've already kind of dealt with that in the past, you know, when church, when the churches ran out of room, when the churches had piled bodies and piled bodies and piled bodies. Then they started making municipal cemeteries, but even even after a while, we're 
you know, our populations are growing exponentially. So what are some, what are some projects that people are kind of thinking of for the future? And uh, what are some cool things that people could do that like are besides regular uh, burial and interment? Yeah, I think that would be a cool topic. Um, so there's a term that is in this article that is like a, a more widely used term that I think is really cool, which is necrogeography. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's the general term for the study of I, I've I looked it up to get more of an official definition. Um, the study of deathscapes. So it takes into account like geography, sociology, anthropology, architecture, and psychology. And it's just it's a really cool term. But yeah, I think like the talking about just like the yeah, what the future looks like of having like spaces for the dead and how we and that, so th- I mean going back to your your point of we should kind of maybe look at at getting back to the roots of uh modern cemeteries with like turning them into parks and places for uh for the living to to also be um is it's like you know it's practical it's um better for it's better for the cemeteries too um because if there are more people around there's less of a chance of desecration happening and also there's more of a chance that they'll also be kept up yeah that they'll be cared for because that's something that we've run into as well i tried to go to the uh mill creek Baptist Church, I believe, cemetery um, mm-hmm. that's over off Thompson Lane. And it has a fence around the entire cemetery now. And it looks really cool. Uh, the church is no longer there. Uh, so it's an old church cemetery. And it looks awesome, but you can't go see it. And, like, there are definitely ways to, like, sneak in, I think, um, because of course there are uh it's not like it's a high fence or anything but it really bummed me out because it's just like oh did they have so many problems that they decided they needed to like fence this off and like if it was better tended like if they had if they could have people tending to it maybe they would be able to like open it because that's something about like the city cemetery and like some of these other big cemeteries is they have a gate and at night, they, they have somebody who will go and close the gate at night. Um, and, yeah, because this, this cemetery had it, there was a gate in the fence, but it was all chained up. Because it's just, it's in a neighborhood, like, by, like, the, some train tracks and, and you know, overpass. <laughs> uh so it's basically like surrounded by brown space. Uh, on on a few sides, and then there are houses. Um, oh. it, it's just it's in a neighborhood. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just like super bummed out because like 
the few pictures that are like on Google um, of it. It looks like a really cool old cemetery. Uh, and it what? just, yeah, it just kind of made me, made me sad that it couldn't go, you know, that those people, the people who are there can't be visited and their memorials be appreciated because of, uh, you know, circumstances. And it is kind of like, well, then what's this space doing? Like, if it's, if it can't be if if it's if it's just being kind of like at least temporarily left to time like well and that's that's something else that we ran into um and i know that like they've run into problems in like cities like murfreesboro i know that um a construction crew accidentally like ran into some graves and some sim like and accidentally unearthed some bodies because it was a bunch of it was like a cemetery that had been either lost or was overgrown and they didn't see it or i mean i'm i am i am giving them the benefit of the doubt and saying that it was an accident that the that, that these developers accidentally uh disturbed these graves but that's no but like we also ran into that problem in the franklin city cemetery um we definitely saw we definitely saw where it looked like part of the lot had been sold and it looked like where possibly some graves had been on the other side of the fence. So they're like technically not in the cemetery anymore, but there were possibly um, graves there. Uh, so like also being able to preserve these places and to map them out and to, you know, make sure that these, um, that these graves are, you know, given the dignity that they deserve. And even if like, you know, they need to be moved and, you know, replaced somewhere and like in, in a newer cemetery, um, if, if for some reason, like they have to be moved, like, at least we can do that because at least we know where they are. Um, and I feel like, yeah, if we actually pay attention to our cemeteries and make them into parks and make them into places where people want to be, we'll have more parks. We'll have more green spaces. We'll have more history and we'll, yeah, we'll take better care of our graves and we'll, we'll have a better, easier time of preserving our history. Yeah, I think that's, we're reaching about the one hour mark on this, and I think that is a great place <laughs> to end, because um, that's, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I concur. I concur. I was thinking, I was just like, oh gosh, are we going to be able to talk about this for a whole hour? Oh, and more. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, we could probably go on. Um so yeah, uh, yeah. So this was just kind of a overview of kind of I think maybe a shared understanding slash philosophy that the two of us have, and one of the reasons that we're so interested in hanging out in cemeteries, because um, I guess that's kind of I, I I think that that's a good topic to start with for uh, 
why we decided to to do the cemetery project um because we are spooky and we like goth stuff but we're also history nerds yeah Uh, like like seeing history just all around that's the cool and and also art nerds so history art and dead bodies is just it's really the the crossroads of um our main interests it's the trifecta yeah yeah definitely (laughs) so anyway so yeah next time um i think we're going to come at you with uh some some talking about like grave desecration and taking care of uh the spaces that we that we have um and maybe talk about conservation i don't know we'll figure it out but we'll figure it out yeah <laughs> we're so. gonna talk to you i'm gonna i i I, I have an expert in my back pocket, and so I'm going to try and be, I'll try and find some time to interview her and see her unique perspective. Uh, she had a project of mapping out 820 cemeteries, and she visited personally 800 of them. So I think that she will have a unique perspective. Yeah, that's sick. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so until next time. Until next time, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, this has been great. See you then. Cause you're my love.